So here I am in Paris uh, meeting this wonderful, wonderful leader, Connelly Bennett. Thank you so much, Connelly, for accepting my invitation to record this interview. It's my honor, really, to thank you very much for inviting me. And uh, rather than introducing you who you are, I'm going to just ask the question that you always asked <laughs> everybody. Who are you? You know, when I first started with that who are you question, I never realized that whenever people interviewed me, they were going to ask me the same thing. So you've got to be careful what you put out there. But thank you for asking that question because it's different who I am and, and what I do. What you do, right. So who I am really is somebody who's passionate about impacting the world in connecting or impacting the world so that people can connect with the authentic leader that they are. Because I believe everyone is an authentic leader. Mm -hmm. And what I do, how I do that is um, I have many different hats like many leaders around the world, I think. I'm the CEO of Meraki uh, CLB Group. We have online uh, academy, we do coaching, we do authentic leadership training, we do workshops, annual events. I also have Meraki Charity, which really looks at empowering women to start authentic businesses. And I'm, of course, uh, an international public speaker. I'm the director of Global Women Club here in France. I'm an author, TV show host, radio host, and uh, all-round uh, impactor of the world, really. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, so I have many, many, many questions to ask you. Right. <laughs> I'm going to sit back. Like, I'm going to sit yeah, back exactly. a bit. <laughs> you just keep here, like, for five hours. Okay, can we have some drinks here? No, like a okay, glass of wine. <laughs> An authentic leader likes her wine. Exactly. So the thing that most caught my, my attention about you is this authentic leadership training. You train people to be authentic. That is so cool. <laughs> because I'm learning about authentic storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you do that? Great question. And I, I'm sorry, I have a feeling this answer is going to go like on for like 20 minutes. <laughs> so no. I'll give you the two-minute two, two answer. Exactly. Can you okay. give me the two-minute answer? Great. That's great. I love interviewing people like this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's look at the definition of an authentic leader. Hmm. To me, an authentic leader is someone, like Tony Robbins says, when we feel fulfilled, the only way we feel fulfilled is through growth and contribution. So I was really inspired by that, and it became the cornerstone of my training. So my training is in two parts. One is about growing, growing into who you are, really looking at peeling off those layers, because we've put those layers on to protect ourselves. So we've kind of put those layers on, you know, about uh, I need to be, uh, in order to be accepted, I need to be more intelligent, I need to be more beautiful, I need to have this car, I need to have this house, I need to earn that money. So it's really looking at identifying all those places where you are not connected with who you authentically are. And then creating that space for you as a person to connect with who you are daily creating those consistent daily steps within your morning routine. So we look at creating a morning routine that really connects you with you. And then what we do is look at, okay, connecting you with your life purpose, not what society has told you your purpose is, but the energy of your life purpose mm -hmm. so that you can grow into that and then also impact the world and inspire others to connect with that within themselves, whatever that energy is. So it's about growing within yourself, impacting others to be who they authentically are, 
And then creating a business. So mm -hmm. alongside that authentic leadership training is that we want to create leaders in their businesses as well. How do you be an authentic leader in your business? How do you create a heart-based business, a soul-based business, a business where your business plan, so we look at doing projections, goals, three-year, five-year goals, where your business is inspired by your authenticity. Imagine a world where our businesses were created from that authentic space of who we are rather than what other people outside of us have told us to do. We're inspired by people outside. But what we do is we take all that information and we simplify it and then amplify it from the unique drop of your soul's purpose, your life's purpose. See, that's, that's I think, where I got it wrong <laughs> in my life. So what, what I got is that, because, of course, I had all these layers, mm. all these uh, onion layers, right, that I had been put, uh, that I had put myself over the years through all these uh, traumas, all these uh, rejections, all these, all these experiences that I didn't heal. So what I did is that from these layers, I was wanting to go out into the world and, and impact people. And that's, well, what, what I'm getting from you, what you're saying, is that was the, the wrong perspective because it was the ego I built that was wanting to impact the world. And what I had to do is to peel those layers off to get back to my essence mm. before all that hurt, before all that belief system, limiting beliefs that I put myself. Mm. And then from that one, once I healed myself, then I could go out to the world. Is that the process you've been through? That's the process I've been through. And by the way, that's the process every single human being goes through. So we're not special, are we? <laughs> we're, we are special. Okay. <laughs> but, but everyone, for me, um, this is the journey that we're all on because it is through our experiences that we find out what our life purpose is. Because I really believe that, this is quite controversial for some people, but Do I, have to bring it on? I really believe that we are a spiritual being having a human experience. So what that means is that our life purpose, our spark, our soul's kind of like essence that we're born in this lifetime to fulfill, we learn, the, the human us learns what that is through all of our experiences. So we, we kind of almost choose the experiences in order for us to, to become aware of uh, where we're not authentically being ourselves, if we can say it that, mm. like, like that. So... Mm. Some of us realize um, in our 50s, some of us in our 60s. But by the way, I really think that the consciousness we're in, in the century, right now, we're very blessed. I'm very blessed because I believe that everything's shifting right now. We're yeah. becoming more open. I think 20, 30 years ago, we were unconscious of the fact that we needed more. We were happy. But now I think energetically things are shifting and more of this need to be authentic is coming out. Mm. But yeah, those defensive layers that we created, we did the very best that we know how. Yeah, and it's through that that we're inspiring. Through those defensive layers, you're impacting the world because you know what, you know, you learn. As you learn, that becomes your impact. Yeah. But my, my point is, I think we're talking about the same thing, actually, but through different colors, right? Through different always, always. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, so what I, what I found is that, for example, me, my personal story, I'm not going to tell you my story, my whole story, oh, don't worry. Please do, <laughs> but, I'd love to know. But shortly, it's like I had to, I had to face rejection uh, in my life, and through this rejection, what my, my, pers my 
persona, the persona I built, learned was that I needed appreciation. I needed to be recognized, recognized for me in order for me to be happy, to be fulfilled, right? And of course, I was acting from a place of lack. Mm. I was acting from a place of emptiness, mm. from from wanting attention mm. to fill my void, mm. right? And so I was acting from one of those layers, and mm. by just taking out layers, I'm still like, I have like 100,000 layers yet, still, mm. right? So, yeah. still working on them. We I don't all know. do, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a process that ever I have 100,000 and one layers, <laughs> so you're one less than me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and what you say about us being a spiritual spiritual beings that are having a human experience, I mean, look, what I'm going to say, I'm going to be offended there. If this doesn't resonate with somebody, get over it. Like, <laughs> right? I mean, when we dream, when we're, when we're sleeping, when we are in meditation in, high, in this higher states of consciousness, this is, this is, this is all we feel. Mm. Don't you agree? That mm. we are one, that we are spirit. Mm. That actually the dream is when we are awake. Mm. It's interesting, like a different shift, isn't it? I think a lot of people think, it, you know, spiritual being can be whatever they mean by the term spirit. Some people say it's your essence, your gut, your 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 higher mind. Your it's different things for different people. But mm-hmm. I think that feeling that we are a spiritual being is what everyone uh, really does feel. You know, they 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 connect with that. Right. But, you know, as as you were talking um, about these whole layers thing. Mm-hmm. I was reminded about what Louise Hay says. Do you know Louise Hay? Yeah, absolutely. Love her. She uh, she was so one of the sad when I learn about her death. Yeah, she was one of the key cornerstones, kind of pivotal uh, mentors in my life. And she used to share that there are in all underneath all of those different layers, those hurts, those rejections, those belief systems. There's only two belief systems, and that is I am good enough, or I'm not good enough. Hmm. So you imagine for a moment you're two years old, right? And you're doing something. Uh, I always talk about jumping on the bed. Let's say you're two years old and you're jumping on the bed. Mom walks in and says, don't jump on the bed, right? What happens in that moment is that you hear, don't jump on the bed, but you're unable to consciously process that it's mom having a bad day. It's got nothing to do with you. She's worried about um, the bed caving. She's being conditioned by her own beliefs. You're not hearing that. You're, you're hearing, ooh, I've done something wrong, therefore I'm wrong, therefore I'm not good enough. And in that process, unconsciously, your body attaches itself to an emotion like it's like a you know it goes into trauma you were talking about trauma we do we experience that emotional trauma we don't want to feel that feeling again so we create the defensive mechanism of okay I'm not good enough mom's angry with me in order to be accepted by mom that's your I need that acceptance is from that space of lack I'm not good enough I need to be obedient I need to be uh, reserved I need to not fully express who I am. Hmm. And I think this is the first first kind of like under belief system of it's not okay to, to fully express who I am. It's not okay to be me. And that's when people pleasers are born, right? That's exactly it. People pleasers. We sacrifice uh, yeah. who we are to, in order to, to please people, mm-hmm. to be accepted, to have a place in this society. 
Yeah. Right. So my question to you is is about freedom. So you connect uh, freedom with authenticity, and you say that authenticity is actually the stepping stone to freedom, right? Yeah. So my question there is, if all of us were totally free, I'm going to be the devil advocate here. Totally I'd love it. Be, so. I, I need you to challenge me. <laughs> so if all of us, all of a sudden, one day, just like this, we became totally free, authentic, mm-hmm. um, how, how could we cope with ourselves, with each other? And I'm going to give you an example. So I've always been told as a child I was too much, too intense, too deep. To, to everything. I'm like too much for some people, right? So what I've been learning is I had to tone myself down in order to be likable. Mm. If we just tuned up this for all the planet, all humanity, what would happen? That total freedom. Mm. I have two thoughts on that. Mm. My one thought is that as a spiritual being, I believe that if we were completely free we would have learned all of our lessons, which means our vibration would have completely um, gone up, let's say, for example, higher. It would have gone to its highest. And we wouldn't exist anymore because we would be a spirit, right? We'd be back to that energy of yeah, well, connection, right? To That's my, my first thought. <laughs> to my ego, that idea of non-physicality is very scary. Yes. Because my ego is attached to my body. Of course. <laughs> it's like A Course in Miracles always talks about. It's like, you know, the, the ego, its worst fear is not existing, not right. being, uh, so it needs to fight for it. Right. And that's ultimately, I mean, The Course in Miracles talks a lot about identification, right? Mm. About nothingness, about yeah. meaningless lives, right? And yeah. I like at first thought, like, what? Meaningless life? No, 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 no. I'm life is empty and meaningless? No, it's no, unacceptable. It <laughs> I'm going to add meaning, yeah, to absolutely everything. Sorry, I interrupted you. So that's the first so thought that's that the comes first to your mind. But then the second thing is, I kind of feel that we have glimpses of that in humanity. So if I could share, you know, when we were chatting earlier on and even now in this moment, if I can really look deeply into your eyes and connect with who you are, not on a human level, but see the spirit of who you are and me provide that safe space for you to be you and I feel you provide that safe space for me to really be me, then we're having that beautiful connection and in that connection, we lift our vibration. We, we, that vibration is then shared to everyone around us. And it just becomes so beautiful. And I think that we have these glimpses every now and again in humanity with certain people. And it's becoming more and more. So imagine if it were to be 24 hours a day. I don't, I don't know what would happen. It would be beautiful. Yeah, we would forget but, to eat. We would forget to, we just would be in bliss, constant mm, bliss, wouldn't we? Wouldn't we? We would. And I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering if, you see, so you've got me thinking, right? Because I think that my ego is like, no, but I still want to be consciously aware of something so I can make an impact and, you know, have meaning. Yeah. So my ego jumped in there and I was like, Oh, no, I, mm. I am I going to answer this question? <laughs> no, I don't know if I'll be worthy. <laughs> but uh, it's an interesting an so interesting thing to I think about. That's, that's the, 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 the goal we're aiming at, right? That's the, the, the utopia. And I, I mean, it's not a utopia. I, I totally think this is, this is available to us. Right? Yeah. Actually, I, I totally believe, it took me a while to believe this, but now I totally believe that mm. 
each and every one of us have the potential to reach enlightenment in this life. Absolutely. It Absolutely. Takes, it takes a lot of courage to to say this because then the next the next step is well just do it. Work towards it, right? It's hard because enlightenment comes through us learning our lessons. You know, each lesson, each rejection, I think rejection, you know, shows us where we're not in alignment with our truth, you know, where we're not in that authentic space. So each rejection, each hurt, each pain, each um, lack of worth, reflection is really something that um, is difficult. And, and we need to go through that to reach enlightenment. So it is difficult. We can do it in one life, but I'm going to try a few lifetimes. I don't, I don't know if I want to experience lots of rejection in this life. But there's only now. There is only now, yeah. <laughs> That's true. So it's about being in enlightenment just in this moment with the person that you're with, with the things that you're doing. It's the being in enlightenment in all of your actions and mm. everything that you do. See... With what you just saying that, I just feel I feel more calm, and I feel just I just unclenched my teeth, right? Because we're here, we're, we're we're filming this. We know we're gonna go online, right? And I feel the tension of that. I feel like, oh, I want to look good, mm. right? But by you saying that, it just it just reminds me that everything is all right, and no, mm. there's nothing I could say that could be wrong. No, there is no right. I believe controversial. There is no right, and there is no wrong. There are only actions that are in alignment with your truth yeah. and actions that are out of alignment with your truth. But yes, of course, there are things that people do, by the way, that are not okay and that are okay. But what I'm saying is that you do the very best that you know how. And an action is either in alignment with you and your truth in that moment. And that's a hard thing. Mm. My truth in this moment is very different to my truth in an hour's time. Yeah. Because we are evolving, changing every second. And that's what an authentic leader does, is an awareness that I am different all the time and I need to always be aware of what is my truth now? How am I feeling now? How am I honoring myself more? How can I honor you more? And providing that space for you and the space for me is that, that circle. And that's the second thing I think we're missing that people are beginning to awaken to is that circle. It's not just about me. It's about growing within me. Leaders sometimes haven't thought about that. It's growing the mind, not the spirit, and then providing that space for others to grow their mind and their spirit, you know, motivating and inspiring. So, Okay. It's like you, you're stacking so many concepts that I have so many questions to ask you that I'm just going just gonna to go back because you just mentioned... <laughs> we should be making notes. I should be making notes. <laughs> uh, I have my mental, my mental space. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't have any mental space. So I'm like, I always say to people, I need... I, yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. So you just mentioned uh, motivation and mm -hmm. inspiration. Uh, I know that uh, uh, you are an inspirational speaker. Uh, and my question is between motivation, inspiration, and inspiration know. So, okay, I read a while ago that difference between inspiration know and inspiration in, inspiring mm -hmm. is that inspiration know has a purpose to inspire. Inspiring means that it actually inspires. Mm -hmm. And then there's motivation, mm -hmm. which totally doesn't work for me. 
Because motivation goes up, yeah, and then goes down totally mm. again. <laughs> so what are your thoughts about, about being an inspiring person, an inspirational person, or a motivating person? Motivational person. Can we pause for a moment so I can Absolutely. think? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, no, I'm just going to put a ticket here. 36 hours later, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. That is such a good question. It's so easy to ask questions, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, okay, let me think about that one. The hard spot. Um, so thinking as I'm talking, because I think this is what a lot of us do, is we think as we talk. So inspire, to me, if we break it down, in is within, right? Spire is spirit. Right. So my definitions are sometimes very different to other people because, by the way, it's just semantics, right? It's just a, everyone has a different meaning for different words. So in, within, spirit. So if I'm inspiring, I am connecting you with your inner spirit. Mm -hmm. And when we connect with our inner spirit, have you ever had a moment when you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, that light bulb moment, you're like, yes, I resonate with that. Yeah. It's because that object, that thing, that person has reconnected you to your spirit. It's inspired you. You resonate with it. And it gives you that oomph to kind of like, yeah, like I, I'm connected with my inspire. So if I'm inspiring you, it's the greatest honor <laughs> because I'm connecting you with your spirit. To be inspirational, I don't quite know how to answer that because inspirational, like what would you, how would you say inspirational applies to inspiral? So, so inspiral. 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 spiral up. So. Like the noun, isn't it? So or probably inspirational is the intention to inspire, ah, right? Okay. So the intention comes from the spirit. So the spirit in me is like namaste, right? Yeah. The spirit in me greets the spirit in you. The light within me has the vibrational intention rather than the head intention. Because I think intention is super, super important because it carries that vibration. So the vibration of what I'm doing is hopefully to connect you with yeah. the spirit. Okay. Sure. You see, we've had great conversations yeah. already. We've been together for like three hours already yeah. talking. <laughs> And motivate. I, I think so, right? You're leaving on the uh, <laughs> next 48 hours. So. Yeah, yeah, so, well, we can see. We need here. to. <laughs> <laughs> to motivate, I think, is um, mind. Motivation is more mind, it's more will. Uh, kind of like masculine um, power. power. Yeah, like masculine energy. Maybe inspiration is more feminine energy. And by the way, I'm thinking and creating as I'm speaking. Mm. So uh, maybe motivation is more like, you know, I can, I'm motivated to wake up. And it's like more of a maybe outside mm. in versus inspirational I inside out. Totally get it. Yeah. Totally get it. And, and this connects a lot with, um, with a very wise person that is in my life. Marina, I love you. You know that. Uh, that she told me, she told me effort comes from, from, from achievement. No, achievement comes from effort, mm. from pushing, from your yes. mind. And allowing mm. comes from letting go, from spirit. Mm. I, yeah. I think that would be a good analogy. Absolutely. The push versus the pull. Yeah. 
the push versus the pull. Yeah. Maybe so being not pushed, even pull, maybe being just allowing, yeah. maybe just Allo letting yeah. go, maybe yeah. flowing. Ease, flow, upstream versus downstream. Right, as Abraham puts it. Abraham Hicks talks about upstream and downstream. Right. Yeah. Inspiration is downstream, and motivation is upstream, potentially. We've thrown in so yeah. many different concepts here. We're yeah, no, <laughs> making a melange, <laughs> a fruit salad of inspiration. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to teach me some French, by the way. I just don't know enough. <laughs> just an, Bonjour. Doing, That's all you need to know. Je prends un verre de vin, s'il vous plaît. What's that? That means I would like a glass of wine. Oh, there, please. That's, that's, yes. that's the only that's thing useful. I know. Yeah. Je prends un croissant. I'd like a croissant. <laughs> I'd like some wine. <laughs> je, prends, je prends un croissant? Je prends. Je prends. Je voudrais. Je, je voudrais. voudrais. Je voudrais. Prends. Prends. Prendre. Prendre. En croissant. En croissant, of course. I would like to have a croissant. A croissant. Okay. S'il vous plaît. S'il vous plaît. But you have to say, bonjour, ça va? Oui, okay, bonjour, merci. Ah, and then you ask. So you have to say, bonjour, and ça va first. It's so very poorly. You've been living in, 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 in here for four years, you said, right? Proche, almost four years. Almost four yeah. years. I don't speak French. I only know how to order wine and have a <laughs> croissant. Come on, I don't believe you. No, no, no. <laughs> Okay, let, going back to our conversation. Yes. I am totally loving Connie Lee. Concentration. Yeah, concentrate. Focus, focus. Intentionality. Focus. What is your intention? What were we talking about? Memory. We're talking about memory. <laughs> no, I wanted to ask you about confidence. Yes. Because confidence has been a, has been a big thing for me. So as I, as, I accepted, as I accepted myself and my sexual um, orientation as, as a gay man, uh, that took a lot of courage for me and you were talking about your seven steps mm -hmm. to um to authenticity is it yeah uh and one of them was acceptance mm. and before i could reach acceptance i had to put this courage together but courage wasn't enough without confidence without yeah. the confidence in me that i could do it so mm. what is what is the in what s stage of these seven steps wonderful seven steps that you have uh does confidence play a role Great question. Great, 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 great question. And I'm going to think about it as I speak. 36 hours later. Yeah, 36 hours later. <laughs> Hashtag take, take seven. Um, confidence. Well, like you, I've found myself in the corner of the room many, many times because of this belief that I was not good enough. I had no confidence in myself. And... I believed that who I was just wasn't good enough. I had to change everything about myself. Like, I wasn't pretty enough, wasn't clever enough, wasn't intelligent enough. Like, there was all of these enoughs, right? No confidence. So, if confidence is related to the feeling that you are not enough, what shifted for me was when I really connected with the truth of who I was. So, when I realized that I was that spirit who had that life purpose of connecting people with the feeling of freedom and full expression, and that was my gift. I was the spirit, and this physical body and everything around me was just the kind of manifestation of like outside things. So I was like, okay, so I'm a spirit, right? Okay, so I'm sitting in that corner and I'm like, you know, trying to look outside, like, okay, how can I now be the spirit? And then when I realized that it was about me being that spirit with you 
in this moment, no matter what I'm wearing, no matter what you think of me, because your thoughts of me are just seen from your filter, right? We were right. talking about that. Right. So it's about you, not about me. So I was like, okay. So when you're saying, when you're rejecting me, it's your lesson, not my lesson. And that was the second thing is I'm a spurt. It's about you and not me. I started finding the confidence because I started connecting with the truth of who I was. So in what step is connecting with the truth of who you are? Is That's the awareness, which is a step two. Okay. So step one, as you know, is about trust and safety, like feeling safe to be mm -hmm. you. So you have to kind of first be in that space where you take a step back and are like, okay, I... I can be me. It's safe for me to be me. And a lot of people, I think maybe 80% of people don't feel that safety, right? Okay. So step two is the awareness, which is who are you really? Being really aware of that. And I think that's where the confidence comes in because when you're aware of who you are, you can begin to accept who you are and that's when the confidence comes in. Maybe it's a dance between step two and three, acceptance and awareness. Okay, so it's really at the very beginning. I think two so. two and three. Yeah. Hmm. But I think confidence plays in maybe all of the different steps because when you're looking at releasing, which is step four, you kind of have to have that courage to hmm. let go of the ego. <laughs> you're like, ah, oh. you know, I have to be confident, I have to be courageous. And then inventing, which is step five, inventing from the inside, being inspired, like, who am I really? Like, how do I want to invent my life? Like, how do I want it to physically manifest? That takes a lot of courage as well. How do you invent from a blank slate, mm -hmm. bypassing the story that my mind keeps shouting at me? My story about my past, about my limitations, the, the, the idea I had about myself that I want to transcend, but still have my mind shouting at me all the time. So how do I invent from blank slate with that? Every second of every moment of every day. <laughs> because we think that the monkey mind, the ego, we think it's going to be turned off. Yeah. But it, it never does. And that was the biggest lesson for me. I've had many lessons, but one of the biggest lessons was I need to learn how to manage my continuous thoughts. They're not going to go away. I need to manage them. And it's like every moment of every day looking at feeling safe, being aware of what the thought is, accepting the thought because the thought, by the way, is just that scared child mm. that is the defense mechanism. So giving it love, releasing it, saying that it's okay, and then thinking, okay, inside out, who am I in this moment? And then expanding into that. So it's like you're growing all the time. Like growing, growing, growing. And then five minutes later, there's another reflection of rejection. And it's, yeah. it's that constant inventing. Because the more you invent, the more you, you, you kind of let go of the past. And it's reprogramming. You know, it yeah. takes 21 days to reprogram one thought belief. There's trace decay theory that talks about the more you think something, the thicker the neurological trace becomes in the mind. The more you don't think it, the, the, the trace becomes, you know, weaker. So it's about programming every moment of every day. And this is your human experience, unfortunately. Mm. So, but that's what an authentic leader does. It's an awareness that they are growing and learning. 
and they're not perfect, and no one is perfect. We're always inventing every moment of every day. This is what you do in your one-to-one uh, authentic leadership trainings, right? Mm-hmm. So you you provide them, you you, you keep, them, keep them accountable. Uh, uh, like, what what do you do? How do you help them? Is it is it like a weekly uh, reminder that oh, is it small things that you have to be aware of before you can maybe step up? Mm. How do you do that through your one to one? One to ones, yeah. So we do um, we do group training trainings, and then of course I also do individual trainings. Individual trainings I only do every three weeks. Because it's, I give people growth work to do. Okay. So depending on what stage you are would be a different exercise that I invite you to do every single day to grow and to release. And it's like up and it's like it's down. And, you know, we connect in between the sessions if needs be. But it's about that growing. And then in the group trainings, that's up to three to six months where we're working together on really creating inner and outer lives in our businesses but also our personal lives. And uh, it's going through all of those different steps. Accountability does come from me and from others, but it's like that safe space to what am I feeling today? Oh, today I'm feeling this. Okay. And, you know, holding that space for that person rather than judging it is like, okay, asking the questions so that they can grow from that. They can grow from the awareness of what it is that they're going through because it's up and it's down. We are the heartbeat, right? The heart goes toot, toot. And it and it goes like this actually. It doesn't go like this. It goes. Mm. And that's life. <laughs> and that's like life, you know. And uh, yeah, it's hopefully creating that space for authentic leaders to to be in that safe container group to be in the heartbeat yeah. of their lives. That's it's great. super exciting. I love it. It's really yeah. really amazing. I want to uh, ask you about responsibility mm-hmm. uh, because you know my my mind sometimes is telling selling me a story that sometimes I buy into mm-hmm. and which is a victim story yes uh, so how critical is it to own our mistakes own our our actions own our past have responsibility over our lives in order to be fully authentic So let's look at A Course in Miracles. A Course in Miracles talks about how everything is empty and meaningless. And it just is. So everything that's happened in your life just is. It's happened. It's something that you have done knowing the very best that you knew how. So you did it knowing what you knew, right? You didn't know anything else, which is why you did it. And everyone makes mistakes. And I think that owning, there's a difference between between acceptance that I did that, growth from like, okay, that's what I did. What can it teach me about who I am moving forward? It's like a lot, it's it's open, right? It's that's what I've done and this is what it's taught me. Thank you, gratitude to you, experience for teaching me about who I am. I now release you. I forgive you. Please forgive me. We are both free. Versus holding on to it. And this is what we do sometimes as we hold on to it. There's guilt and there's like anger. Like how could you? You're, you're not really good enough. And, and then that becomes the baggage and we hold it. And then we're reacting continuously from that part of our mistakes rather than 
inventing from the expression of who we really are. Mm. So again, it's really just semantics. I think we do need to be responsible in that sometimes there is no right or wrong. It's only what's in alignment with your truth or not in your truth. So how am I growing? But then there's also consequences. So sometimes it's about, okay, I've learned that, but what I did was also not okay. So how do I honor myself and honor the other people in that situation? And the honoring is an expression of your truth rather than a reaction of guilt or, or um, not feeling good enough, you know, the lack of rather than just the abundance or the, the ease and the flow. Mm. So I think it's a, it's a tricky one really because our ego wants to hold on, but our soul knows that I've learned from it and I can let it go. So you're saying that taking responsibility ultimately is learning from our, seeing our mistake yeah. consciously, yes. learning from it and letting it go. Mm. Yeah. Being responsible for your growth. Good one. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Rather than being responsible for what you did, honoring what you did, being aware of what you did, um, being honest about what you did, owning it, but not holding on to it. Owning it, but not holding on to it. That's a very tiny balance there, right? It's like, like it's, uh, I'm yeah. owning it, but I'm not holding, but I'm owning it. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is one of the hardest things, really. I mean, I hold on to something that sometimes I'm still holding on to, and each time it comes up, I have to be like, okay, this is what I learned. Thank you for the lesson. <laughs> Please forgive me and, and let it go. And then it comes up again, but not as much as it used to. Mm. But I think it's, uh, I think energetically we hold on to these memories and they're stored in our body. And it's quite, we're complex, our spiritual growth. We're the body, we're the spirit, we're the emotions. And it's like letting go and reinventing. Yes, there's lots of facets to us. It's You know what, what, a, what a shaman told me once? Mm. He told me, uh, of course, it was channeled, right? And he's, yeah. Uh, to a question that, who, who, who are we? Are we our bodies? Are we our minds? Are we our spirits? Are we His answer was, okay, apparently we are the drivers, we are the car, and we are the road. Yeah. And like, boom, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, that's the drivers, the car, and, and the road. The road. Yeah, I, I still don't understand it. It's that's really deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll ask. I'll, I'll see. I'll see him in a few weeks. James, I'm gonna ask you again. What did that mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's super deep, eh? It's one of these things that I'm. By the way, I'm enjoying this conversation so much because I'm sure that when I watch this video, to put the title, maybe it's a bit of music and so on. When I watch it again, I will just see so many new layers mm. of understanding. Because what you're talking, ultimately, you're talking about tr about truth, mm. not the truth truth like essence yeah and one thing i'm learning <laughs> over you know mistakes and mistakes and mistakes in my life is that the first the, there's always more there's yeah. always more and when i think i've learned everything i have to learn then oh no go back to it yeah. reread that book re-listen to that interview talk mm -hmm. again to that person it's going to tell exactly the same but it's going to feel totally different exactly and that's what's amazing it's like rereading things re-having conversations because you're different your your openness to learn on a deeper layer is also it's it's different you know it's yeah mm. and another thing that a leader is is always open 
Always open. Always open. So by open, you mean vulnerable? Vulnerable, but also open to learning. Open to learning. Because every person is your teacher. Every situation, every moment, every everything is your mm. teacher. It's like Marianne, Marianne Williams, Williamson yeah. says, right? That uh, actually being a spiritual teacher is, is, is like everyone is your teacher. Yeah. Right? It's not you are the teacher of everyone. Yeah. Everyone is your teacher. Yeah. And that's so beautiful. That's really deep for people to actually get that is a true leader is not a leader. A true leader is being led by other people, being inspired by other people. So basically a leader is, a, is just... It's just a channel. Yeah. It's just the ways. And then, so would you say that when a leader is then corrupted by grandiosity mm -hmm. or ego, then it stops being a leader? Hmm. Does, does ego disqualify you from being a leader? Maybe an inspirer. A true, an authentic leader. An authentic leader. I think... Yeah, it's a tough one to really answer. It really is because everyone is doing the very best that they know how and everyone, you know, I might be in my ego for one day, but then the next day I'm not in my ego. I might be in my ego for a year, but then for the next 10 years I'm not. So, you know, maybe certain leaders are at different heartbeats, yeah. at, at different frequencies within their heartbeat at different times. Yeah. But, yeah, it's about, I think, you. You connecting with that resonance Because as, as you change, you need different people. Yeah. So maybe this leader's not in vibration with you at this time, then you find another one, and then you come back to that leader. And, and this flows perfectly into my next set of questions. Like set of set questions? Set of questions. Don't worry, it's going to be just five or six hours. Okay. So <laughs> not a documentary. It's like a documentary on me. On I, I love it. It makes me feel very important. <laughs> well, you're teaching me so much. I mean, oh. so much. So thank you. Thank you. And I'm learning from you as well, because as you're asking questions, you're making me go deeper within. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, continue. Let's, so, let's dive deeper. My question here is about, um, it's about authenticity, and I'm going to bring it back to, to movies. Okay. okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk about two things. One, okay, I'm going to leave that for the, for, the, for the final one. The first one is... I don't know how you're remembering all these questions. <laughs> oh, they just keep coming up. It's like, yeah, could, could, we could be here for, for days, I'm okay. telling you. <laughs> so first of all, horror movies. Mm -hmm. um, horror movies, in my view, uh, they just play on the fears, on fear of people. Um, So in, at, at, at a very shallow level, to move them using this, yeah, very powerful energy of fear, which, which is not really connected to, to our essence, right? So, uh, and I'm talking about horror movies because my question would be, would horror movies be authentic? I mean, if they really inspire in a dark way, but they inspire people because they move people they make them feel fear they, they move them right so would a horror movies be be authentic and that connects to the second and hard question and is would a murderer murderer who is actually murdering somebody and and he's fully present in that moment would that murderer be authentic okay So, 
Inspiration means to connect someone to their spirit. Right. So, if a horror movie is connecting you with your spirit, then it's inspiring. Authenticity is being who you authentically are in that moment. Okay. So, if the producer of that film is creating something where he is authentically being him in that moment, then he's being authentic. If the person watching it is uh, allowing himself to authentically expressing himself by screaming, then uh, yes, that then it's invoking authenticity. But remember that we're quite complex, so there's also some stuff maybe that's happening on an unconscious level with horror films, but that's not your question, is it? <laughs> so your question was, is it inspiring? Yes, if it connects someone with their spirit. If it moves someone away from their spirit, then it's not inspiring. Okay. And these, these are just broad black and white answers, and everything is gray in life. Your second question... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they are conscious that what they're doing is murdering somebody else. They are, they're not mentally unconscious or unaware or because there's the, the psych, being a psychologist as well, I understand that there are mental disorders and there's also conscious and unconscious intention. Are they consciously aware of their intention? So, okay, so from, what, from your question, I'm picking up that somebody who is not conscious cannot be authentic. But... They can be authentic because they're unconscious, but they're being authentic in their state of unconsciousness. Right. I think Because that's their full expression of what they're aware of. I think this is the core of my question. So you can be fully authentic and be unconscious. Yes. So Unconscious in terms of like your belief or your awareness of spirituality or things like that, yeah. So Not unconscious as in... No, I, I get <laughs> <it>. <laughs> snoring. I, I, I get it. Apparently, you snore when you're unconscious. <laughs> but then, yeah, I think I have to ask this question: Was Adolf Hitler mm -hmm. authentic? So again, semantics. If we're looking at the term authentic, authentic means you're being your truth. Now, your truth is you know, in alignment with you or not in alignment with you. But also remember that we were drawing the distinction that some things are okay and some things are not okay. Mm. Some things are of a high vibration, which means they're okay. And some things are of a low vibration, which is not okay. You know, and, and we have intentions that are okay and intentions that are not okay. A murderer who's conscious that they're murdering someone, that is not okay because their intention is a low vibration. Adolf Hitler... He was intentionally murdering millions and thousands of trillions of people. That is an intention that is not okay. But he was acting in his truth because he wanted that power. His truth was, I want power. And this is what you were talking about with movies is, is like the fear and uh, people, uh, power. Yeah. Power and money and love. Hmm. Biggest driving forces. Hmm. And uh, we're talking about authenticity in terms of connecting people to love. Some leaders maybe connect with power. Authentic, for them, authenticity is being in their power and some authenticity is being in that, you know, fear or, or money. Yeah. So it's super, super interesting. Like all these different puzzle pieces. Yeah. We're creating a puzzle, right? And there's lots of different puzzle pieces to think about. So, so then I'm picking up, 
I, I want to know that I'm, I'm considering after this conversation, I'm considering changing the, the, the title of my series of interviews from authentic storytelling into authentic and inspiring, maybe? Maybe just inspiring. Maybe, inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just love, peace, pure, pure, pure bliss. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, um, because this is, this is something that was in the, in the back of my mind and... Uh, and and that was keep coming back when you were mentioning that you you know that I can be fully authentic in my moment now mm. at my in my in my point in my journey now, but I won't be as inspiring or inspired as I will be maybe in the future if I keep growing. Even though I will be at the same level of authenticity, maybe. Yeah. So inspiration here is a big word. I think so. We never start started out thinking that it was going to be about inspiration, <laughs> but this is where we uh, we've ended up. <laughs> mm. Well, this is this is this is so great. I'm just I'm just having goosebumps. <laughs> Connolly, thank you so much. Um, no, thank you. Seriously, it's been such an honor to have grown with you through this conversation. And I have a feeling I have a feeling that this conversation could go on for hours and hours. Uh, actually, next time I, I come to Paris, I will let you know. <laughs> Thank you very much. Next time I'm in Spain, I'll let you know. Absolutely. If you go to Barcelona or you go to London, where I'm based, yeah. let, let me know. And I'm in London in uh, in a month's time, so I'll, I'll hook you up. Let's connect then. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very very much. <laughs> <laughs> An authentic hug. I love it. <laughs> Thank mm. you so much. Well, it's, it's say no pour te quoi.